I want you to just look where you want it to go and let a swing happen. The ball has already landed, and beyond that, I'm totally okay with wherever it is. And if you lose sight of love of the craft, then that's when this negative thinking pattern starts to come in. It's not supposed to be a birdie fest, so I'm not trying to make a birdie on every hole. What is it I want to do right now? Make the putt for par. And welcome back. Welcome aboard the last podcast of 2022. I am one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. Matt Cermak's with me. It's a pleasure to be back and celebrate another year on the train app. Our biggest special? year. Yes. Our absolutely. biggest year. Can you believe it's been going this quick? No, I can't believe that we're where we're at looking back to where we were in 2016 and how far we've come and all of the amazing people we've talked to and learnings we've had. But before we get to that, before we get to this end of year pod, top six sound bites of 2022, guys. If your golf game's off the rails, if you're sick of riding the struggle bus, guess what? You've come to the right place. The part train helps frustrated golfers oh. enjoy the ride again. Because if you can learn to smile through bad golf, guess what? You can smile through anything. The part train unpacks the mental game with PJ Torpos, best-selling author, CEO, sports psychologist, everyday golfers like you and me and more. And today we're recapping our favorite six sound bites from all of those people to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you finally Get back on track. This episode of The Par Train, like every episode of The Par Train in 2022, was presented by our friends at Roback Activewear. I'm wearing the hoodie right now. You're wearing the vest and the Q-zip. This is like... Well, wait a second. Vest, Q-zip, polo. This okay. is quintessential us. I'm wearing <laughs> really a hat is. with the hoodie. You're not wearing a hat, showing off that great flow with your Q-zip, polo, and vest. So go to Roback.com, enter the code train, get 15% off. Or tap the link in our show notes for this episode or our Instagram bio at the part train and it'll yeah. auto apply in your cart. So you can either enter the code or if you forget, just tap that link in our bio at the part train on Instagram and it'll auto apply in your cart. Use a different email if you have to. Thanks to Roback for all the great support in 2022. Uh, I know we're planning a lot of even bigger stuff in 2023. So excited Huge. to see us both continue to help each other grow. All right. We do this. I think every year, at least the last couple, we do end of year best sound bites as well as milestone episodes best sound bites. So we did uh, episode 100, episode 200, mm -hmm. and now we've got end of year. I think this is episode 219. So this is how we're going to do it. You picked your favorite three. I picked my favorite three. And and if you're listening, you know, this isn't the faint of heart. Sermon and I dive deep and we lots dig of, into the archives. spent here. We dig into the archives <laughs> just for you to find what we think will set you up for your best year in 2023. Okay. Well, so, and another thing we love about these episodes of our end of year is for new people, new, new train riders that are hopping aboard. It's a great starting point. Yeah. Right. I always tell people start with episode 200 because it's our latest recap, but episode 219 is going to be another one. So great point. I'm, I'm going to let you start. And you poked a little fun at me before off air about this, because, you know, this is the episode I went to first to find wow. my soundbite. But breaking news, plot twist, Cermak picked a quote from Rotella, not me. Cermak, what did you say to me off air? Well, I, I said something along the lines of, <laughs> you know, this is your episode. You go to sleep at night with this episode. <laughs> it's one of my faves. <laughs> you know it better than anybody. Mm -hmm. But it's my song and dance today. So we the episode might... is unbelievable. Maybe that's why it just it is. Going. It really is. Like all, all right. of them are so good, but let's get cooking here. All right. Dr. Bob Rotella, episode number 172. If you haven't listened to this one, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but <laughs> here's up. here's Sir Mac's, um first soundbite from Dr. Bob Rotella. The problem is there really isn't a language that's very good for describing a quiet mind. There really isn't a very good language for describing the athletic mind. And so I describe it as I want you to play with your eyes and your instinct. We were kidding earlier before we came on the air about mindfulness. And I said, well, I'm more into mindlessness, um, particularly when it's time to move your body. And that's really what I'm talking about. I, I mean, I don't really want people thinking consciously when it's time to move. You can do it away from the ball. You can do your mental practice. But over the ball, we know athletically when it's time to move, we, we don't want you thinking. And 
a lot of people are like, what do you mean you don't want me thinking? I want you to just look where you want it to go and let a swing happen. I want people to have the attitude on the golf course that I'm not going to work on my golf swing or try to make a golf swing. I'm going to paint a picture or see a ball flight, and that's going to cause a swing of a certain kind to happen. Okay, so if I'm seeing a draw, I will, my swing will change. If I'm seeing a low shot, my swing will change. Like if I ask you to throw a ball over a tree, your shoulder angle and arm angle would change, but you would never think about it. You'd just look over the tree. Wow. You know, I have so many thoughts, but it's your, the floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Bob, I mean, obviously, you know, one of the greats of all time in the sports psychology field, maybe our most famous as it relates to golf sports psychology, it was such a thrill to have him on early in the year. That was back February. in February. We need to get him back on. And yeah, this one stuck out for me, Ev. I wanted to highlight it here at the end of the year because, right, a lot of what we talk about is summed up here, uh, overthinking, overtrying, um, trying to make a perfect golf swing, always thinking our mechanics are going to get us through when it's really just doing the preparation, doing the prep work, and then hitting the shot, feeling the shot, being an athlete. He said instinct. I love the analogy. Hey, can you just throw that ball over the tree? He could have said, can you throw that ball under the tree? Are you going to start lining up, right, and looking <laughs> where your feet are or thinking about, oh, get the arm here? No, you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. You're going to react to it, yep. right? Um, and I just love that. I just don't think we can hit that home. I mean, I think most golfers – really all golfers are, are better than they believe they are with what they have. You can make it happen one way or the other, but uh, the effort to always try to do it right or try to do it perfect in your head is uh, kind of the enemy. I just think he's, what we loved about Dr. Bob, no nonsense, mm -hmm. right to you. You know, sometimes we need that. Just like hit the shot, just do it, right? You know how to do it, do it. That whole, when you can get in that flow, you know, you're less worried about results, right? You're doing your pre-shot routine and you're just going. Man, it is so. going to be, it's going to be funny because I don't know. We forgot to say this in the intro. This is what I love about these is I don't know his sound bites and Serm doesn't know mine. Right. So it's really fun when the first one I'm like, oh, wow, we're already onto a theme here based on some of mine. And just for a second, before we go and go to my first soundbite from Eric Lang, why do you think? it's so hard to follow this. Do you think it's I, I, lack yeah. of self-belief that we can't swing without this, this swing thought? Well, no, I, you know what I really think of and the, back to his analogy, why it's so powerful. It's be, it's really because of our fear of the result. Hmm. Because if I tell you to, because if you're over, you're on a par four hitting a seven iron over water, right? You're really, really, you can get caught up in the, the, the task at hand and where this ball is going to go or not go. If yep. I tell you to throw that ball over the tree, that's all I tell you. You're not worried about a result. There is no result. It doesn't well, matter what ha happens to that ball. Yeah. Or it's a challenge, right? right? You're not, he's not saying if you don't get it over the tree, you, d this happens. It's right. just, that's the power of do this. Right. It's an offensive mindset. What's so hard about golf is we're on the course trying to make this physical move, <laughs> you yeah. know, in a, in a, in a, in a moment that encapsulates our mind, it's just so hard to get away from results. So we're always searching to make what we think is the right move. And it just becomes sometimes less natural and less yeah. instinctual mm -hmm. and less athletic. You love that word. So yeah, I, I, would... I, I, that's it. I mean, I mean, I've seen this on driving ranges. I've seen this chipping and putting when you just strip away things and strip away meaning and results. And a lot of that is from the simplest thing. Hey, how about I just pull the lay the flag down? I want you to hit the chip chip at the flag. Mm -hmm. you know, oh my God, you freed up your arms and your hands. Way less stressful as opposed yeah. to I need you to put that in five feet. Right. right. <laughs> what what do you think there to close that out, Ev? I just you know, it's it's so interesting to me that actually I'll say this, Sarm. A lot of people might be listening and say, "Yeah, that sounds great," but I need something like. Yeah, but yeah. when have you tried nothing? Right. Well, it, and how is how has be... hanging on to a swing thought and mechanics while you're playing helped you? 
all right. year. Certainly hasn't helped me. Right. And he says you can have it in your pre-shot routine and whatever swing you're trying to make. Yeah. Feel it right there. But then when you get over the ball, what I don't know what he said, your go zone or whatever it is. Green light. You, yeah, you're, you're basically, he wants you to think nothing. Uh, the only thing he wants you to think is where it's going to go. That's right. That's Having it. that picture in your mind. So did you see how he said, I want you to play with your eyes and your instincts? Yep. That's what I've been working on this past month of 2022 is where, not how. So Love focusing that. on where I want the ball to go. And it is in every shot practice. No joke. Every shot. Cause I have 18 years of swing thoughts and working on my swing habits ingrained in me. Every shot. I want to lean into a swing thought every time. Yeah. And every time I have to say where, not how. And it should be really more of a swing feel in the routine. Yeah. And then that's not a yeah. thought. It's a feel. And then you go. <laughs> yep. Amazing good, one. That's yep. a great one to start with. You and liked I think it as the Rotella I, episode expert. Yeah. That was a good one. Yep. And, you know, I will say a little teaser. We might be coming out with a brand new episode format in 2023. Not as a different podcast. Same podcast. But a little... A little change up, a little extra that I think you guys are going to love. Something that's been asked for, of us for years. Yep. Our editor, Brett, is working on some putting things out right some now. really yep. great stuff. And in 2023, here's a buzz. You might hear Rotella again. We'll see. Oh. You want to talk about getting fired up before a round? You might get fired up before a round. So I'll just say that. But great first one. Thank episode you. 172, Dr. Rob Rotella. All right. Should we go to episode 180 with I Eric think we Lang? should. Oh, one of my favorite Eric. stories of the year. To lay this out, like the truth is the night before, and, and also in all these bad shots, there is no feeling at all of like, there's no tentativeness. There's no doubt. There's, I don't give a shit about where the ball's going right. because like you were saying, Evan is like, so the night before I've been talking to my friend, Daniel, who is a legend. I don't know if you guys have met Daniel Gomes, but great guy mm -hmm. loves golf. And, uh, you know, I was telling him about some personal problems I was having. It was like going through a breakup maybe or something. And he was like, you're on a tram line, dude. Your life is honestly going great. And it's predetermined, right? So, so he believes in this thing called um, uh, determinism. And so the whole concept of this theory is you literally can't even get out of the tram line if you wanted to. Right. So there's no fate. There, fate, there, there is no, um, uh, you know, what's the opposite of fate? You have a choice. Yeah. You, have a, you, have, you yeah. can change your own fate. Right. That, that, yeah. that theory would say that you cannot change your own fate because by changing your own fate, then you would just be doing whatever it was already going to do, which I sort of tend to believe. And some people don't. I've had conversations about it and I could kind of see it both ways. Um, but ultimately, the fate of the golf ball, as we talk about the, the idea is, what you were saying, Evan, the opener was the ball has already landed. And beyond that, I'm totally okay with wherever it is. If right. it's in the water, you know, if I put two in the water at Augusta, right? Okay. It's a story, folks. Mm -hmm. That's all that's happening. So walking into this round is like when the ball landed and I didn't know where it was, it's, I'm not, I cared so little that I didn't even need to find it. Um, and then all of a sudden we're on 12. I birdied four, par three, kind of a nice long putt, like 13 footer or something. Drained it. Next hole, like lipped out for birdie. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like playing okay on these greens, you know? And then uh, next hole made a birdie. So six, seven, uh, get up and down for par. Didn't really think about it. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, a couple of birdies go by. And someone on the 12th tee is like, you, um, you're playing uh, pretty good. <laughs> And I was like, what do you, like, I don't even, <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are you, yeah, I'm playing. Okay. Like I have the same ball that I started with really. That's like literally what I thought. I was like, yeah, I'm playing the same ball, you know? And he was like, how many birdies have you made? And I was like, one, two, 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 five. And he was like, how many bogeys? And I was like, and it was just like immediately my body just split in half. And I was like, <laughs> you're like no, I want, you're like, I don't want to talk about any of this right now. <laughs> yeah. I was 500 on the 12th. <laughs> I wanted to give everybody the full story, but it's like a seven minute clip. So this is maybe one of my favorite stories of the year. And I've even used this story when talking to people that I coach as like a reminder. Okay. So whether you believe in fate or not, just stick with me for a second. Okay. Cause a lot of times things can be experiments 
It doesn't need to necessarily be a firm belief. It's just something that you're going to try. So just try with me here. So Eric basically went into this round, assuming that the round had already happened. I know it might sound a little woo-woo, but stick with me. He basically decided that the ball has already been hit in every shot. And even him trying to change things, him even trying to turn the round around, is going to create the round that was going to happen anyways. So the one round where he was filming, he didn't care. He even talked about in the story, like he actually got a little frustrated when this caddy found his ball. Cause like he's focused on the interview. He doesn't care about how he's going to play. He assumed it's already happened. Eric Lang shot three. I think it was maybe four under at a tough course, Hillcrest country club in Los Angeles, assuming that every shot had been hit, which basically means he couldn't control that. The name of the episode is dear ball goodbye. And I think it was from like a quote that Bobby Jones said, like he basically already accepted that. Hey ball, I know you're going to go somewhere and no matter where you go, that's okay. And I'm going to be okay. I'm going to find you. And if I don't find you, I'll drop a new one. I bid you <laughs> farewell and we're going to keep playing. And he has never shot under par before that. He had never shot under par after that. But I just want, he, he told us, quote. It's a great story. He told me, quote, if I would have been playing for score at Hillcrest, 99% chance he would have shot an 82. And he shot a 67. It kind of plays really well off your Rotella quote. Well, what, where it, right. I think it's so interesting that we think that we need this swing feel or we need a specific tactical thought, or we need to like create it. But I think this story is the perfect example and kind of in line with our goal for 2023, which you'll hear in an episode or two. It's about stripping away. It's about getting out of our way. He was in pure flow because he went into every shot, seeing it and hitting it. Just like Rotella just said, he had nothing in his head. He didn't care where it went, didn't care about the result. And he shot under par and made five birdies. I mean, what an incredible reminder that yeah. we might have a lot more ability inside of us than we think. And we actually can't control it as much as we think. Maybe well, that's, that's a, what's getting in that's our That's a great That's a great point, Ev. Always love having Eric on the show. And it's, it's a powerful story. Well, that is the word actually, story. I like what he said. He goes, so if I hit two balls in the water, it just adds to my story. It just mm -hmm. adds to the story. Yep. It's just revealing the moment, right? It's revealing that I made probably two bad swings or picked the wrong club. Or was I getting in my way those swings? Who you knows? Know? Like, right. That's right. probably it. It'd be interesting to have him back to talk about some of his good rounds, maybe here at the end of the year. And if he's been able to at least capture some of this mm -hmm. in another round. Because the tough part, Ev, is this game is based around just from what the game and sport is, is based around score. <laughs> Cause you know, you hear this right. a lot from people, boy, when I go out and play in the evening, just kind of screwing around, just trying to beat darkness, I play great. But when I play in a tournament or I play in a match or with my buddies, I, I don't play great. It's so, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And it's, <laughs> we're trying to understand why and, and how you can, continue to get to this place but it starts with i don't know you know brett mccabe right he talks about webb simpson let go let god yeah this is all a spiritual conversation whichever way i take it because eric's talking about determinism and he's talking that's what it reminds me of is like i'm just gonna hit it and it's, there's a reason why it's gonna go where it's gonna go and on to the next but here's the thing <laughs> you know what you're saying i think what you're saying is yeah this is an amazing story but kind of hard to do on a regular basis because Results are staring us in the face. But I think that's the yeah. beautiful part about this game and this concept is if it was easy, we'd all be shooting 67s. Right. Right. Eric, but the, Eric is clearly capable to do it. He did right, it. Right. And <laughs> that doesn't mean now here's the trap. That doesn't mean that Eric's expectation is I could I've done it once. So I should shoot a 67 every round. This is an outlier, clearly. Right. But look what is possible when we stop trying to control everything. 
We just let things happen. You know how pros say we let the round come to us. A lot of amateurs don't know what that means. I honestly think that just means you look at the next shot that presents itself and you do the best you can with that shot and things and, present itself. And you can bet Eric out there was, Hey, seeing a sh looking at a shot, picking a club and committing to it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. One of All my favorite it's probably stories. His best commitment round ever. Right. So yeah. no, fantastic choice. I've, One of my favorite stories, episode on 180 dear mall goodbye. We've had Eric three times. So just search Eric Lang par train. All three will come up, but 180 was one of my favorites for sure. All right, guys, stay seated. Keep those seatbelts fast, and we'll get this train right back on track. But first, I got something I think every golfer needs. I got two little surprises from my friends at Red Rooster Golf. Okay, one, they make the best golf glove, best performing golf glove in golf, as said by My Golf Spy. Okay, that's one. So you know you're going to get an awesome freaking glove. But two, they've got two gloves that I think every golfer needs. One is called the Range Rooster. And this glove, I think, is the most underrated glove that they sell because what it does is it saves you money and makes all of your other gloves, the glove you play with, even better. So let me give you an example. I used to take my, quote, gamer glove, the glove that I play with on the course, to the range because who has more than one glove in their bag other than that crusty one that's rolled up into a ball? You know, I don't, I'm not a tour pro. I don't have multiple gloves. But here's the thing. By having a range glove... It's called the Range Rooster. They have built-in stretch. It's a white and red glove. It's pretty sweet looking. The red is stretchy and it's built to last. It's literally built to be hit hundreds of balls at the range. And so number one, I don't have to worry about wasting my other glove and it saves me money because I don't have to buy more gloves because I'm using the one at the range for the range and the one for the course on the course. So redroostergolf.com slash train, enter the code train, get 20% off. Get yourself a range rooster, and then while you're at it, because it's cold out there, get yourself a good rain glove. You never know when you're going to need it. It's the type of thing that you wish you had when it starts to drizzle or something. Nobody wants to be out there in the rain, but if you are and you get caught, it's good that you got something, okay? So instead of using the old-fashioned foot joy gloves that look like glove my grandpa uses, get the rain rooster. Don't get it twisted. Rain, range, different. Get the Rain Rooster. It's got these awesome red roosters on the palm. It gets tackier as it gets more wet. I mean, it's it's the new modern rain glove, and they look sweet, okay? So redroostergolf.com slash train. Enter the code train, get 20% off, and get yourself the Range Rooster and the Rain Rooster or any other gamer glove you want. They got it all. All right, let's get back on track. Your number two. Didn't expect this. Huh? A hair guy, LPGA pro, finished, was it second? Yep, the U.S. At Open. the uh, U.S. Women's Open. We talk about that. I'm curious to see what soundbite you picked. Here we yeah, go. Your theme's going to continue here. I honestly, I don't play many practice rounds anyway during tournaments. So, yeah. But like my friends know that. The general population doesn't know that. And so when, <laughs> after the first round, one of the reporters was like, I heard you didn't see the front nine and you shot five under. And I was like, oh, yeah. And they're like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, honestly, if, if it's a course, well, any course, and I haven't seen front nine or back nine, it's just all it really is is I'm keeping the ball in front of me. And mm -hmm. it's easier to do on some courses than that, especially at a major. It's not supposed to be a birdie fest, so I'm not trying to make a birdie on every hole. So it's just like, okay, here, fairway here right of the pin or left of the pin and and you know like i said if i'm able to hit it where i'm trying to hit it then i'm much more comfortable when i'm playing me the hair guy episode 209 all right go so, ahead sir why'd you pick this one great to have her on that was an awesome interview so right a little bit of the theme of stripping away but some course management talk in there but like kind of course management fundamentals she makes five birdies without trying to make a birdie because she's not really f super overly concerned or familiar with every detail about the course. I just want to keep the ball in front of me. And what this is what I loved. Am I going right of the flag or am I going left of the flag? Typically what that means is I'm focused more on the center of the green because that's predictable. Yep. That's predictable. And, and I, you know, I've found in my experience when I've played 
good at courses I've never seen. It's kind of because I have that attitude. I'm just like, I'm playing to where I can see it. I'm playing to what I can predict. And a lot of times that's, you know, can be a little more conservative, but you end up being more free throughout the day because there's nothing worse on a golf course when you try to, you think you hit the shot, but you didn't because something, usually it's when you get a little too aggressive and something kind of happened even worse, you know, kicks off a hill you don't see or, you know, whatever the case may be. But that usually happens when you're getting, getting aggressive, you know, and it was the U S open. She made five birdies at the hardest course setup of the year. And she didn't know it like the, at the back of her hand on the front, right? <laughs> on yeah. The front. On the front. Shot 30 probably. Typically it's yeah. 70 layouts. So I just think it's a, <laughs> I was laughing when she was telling that story. Like, I know I could hear it, but how often do you play new courses? Ev, you do, right? We all do. We, we want to play new courses. That's our goal in life, right? As yeah. golfers. And are we there to go shoot a great number and, you know, and try to impress our buddies? Sure. And that's sometimes the trappings. I'm just like, Hey, this whole, I'm not sure what I see, but you know, let's just get something out there. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, first couple of holes, the greens, you might never have played on them, but you're not played on them before. So just give yourself some looks, you know, we talk about center of the green a lot of, but to me, that's kind of the, that's just the whole thing here. And center of the green can lead to a lot of birdies. It's true. You know, she wasn't trying to busted over dog legs. I'm sure she's just in on her tee shots, just really focused on picking a spot and, and getting it out there and doing her thing and getting familiar. So I loved it. That was, you didn't think I was going to maybe uh, bring this one out, huh? I didn't know. Amina Haragai episode 209. Great episode. It, this makes me think of Serm. It goes back to like how, I mean, we've all done it. We're looking up holes online before we play sure we get the you know if you play a really nice score sometimes they'll give and that's you that okay, free. and that's okay too that's okay too <laughs> obviously yeah we should probably clarify different golfers require different things yeah. right so in mental golf type there are certain types of golfers if you haven't heard of that go to mentalgolftype.com and get your free assessment to understand what type you are it's one of the things i'm certified in but it literally talks about this. Some mental golf types are more likely to perform better on new courses they haven't seen because that enables them to see the shot, hit the shot. You're discovering it as it's happening. Yeah. Right. In where it's purest, in its purest form. Right. Where some golfers are better pre-planning than on, and it's than not to say she didn't uncover. have any pre-planning, right? She's a professional playing the US right. Open. Right. She knows she has course books and yardage books and layout. But I think but, the point was if she hits the fattest part of the fairway and the fattest part of the green and gives herself a look, that's pretty much what she did. It was kind of a way for her to stay really present without even trying to. Right. You know? A hundred percent. Present, relaxed, simple. It's really refreshing. I can't stress it enough for our listeners. Yeah. I love it. Let the well, course come, come to you. you. Yeah. Right. And she finished second. Her highest finish in a major, just another right. example, right? How, how many times this, I'll close with this. How many times do we hear this when people go? Yeah. I, you hear this in business too. They say, I wasn't expecting, like we, we weren't expecting to have a mental game show. It just kind of happened, right? right? I wasn't expecting to start, start this business, but it just kind of happened. I wasn't expecting to shoot my best score, but it just kind of happened. How many people tighten their screws? Like Dr. Bob Winters told us when a major happens or Q school happens, the, the highest moments, everyone gets tight. Well, guess what Mina did? She stayed loose and focused on keeping herself fresh and had her best finish without trying to. Of course, she wants to do well, but I bet you she wasn't trying to finish second. She wasn't trying to win. I bet you she was just playing within herself, shot to shot and stayed loose. Got a plan, stick to it. Yeah, stuck to her plan. Man, isn't that funny? It's good. We, isn't it? It's just another well, and example one, of we can't control it. We right. just have top, to let it happen. This is a one of our, this is a top player on the LPGA tour. Yeah. You know? Top 50 <laughs> in the world. So it, <laughs> that's what's so cool about this show, right? When we look back and we're having these in the moment conversations with yeah. major winners or you know, players like her knocking on the door to win a major. So yeah, Mina's episode was episode 209. This next one was maybe one of my top five 
favorites as well. I mean, Damon oh. Hack. Oh, here we go. One of my favorites. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to let you guys hear it. This was one of the more magical hours I think we've ever had on, on the train. Here's Damon, episode 211. Make the putt for par. Those are things I'll remember forever, how I felt and just how I was able to not get in my own way. I had zero on Friday and Saturday swing thoughts. I didn't care if my arm bends, which it often does. I didn't yeah. care about, you know, strain arm. I didn't care. Sometimes I get a little long with my back swing and I'm like this. So the left arm has no choice but to bend. I didn't think about that. I didn't care how my swing looked. I didn't care if I kept the weight inside of my right, you know, heel like I had thought about it. I didn't care about anything that had to do with my golf swing other than picking out a pretty tree in the horizon, which you could do a lot at, at Spyglass especially. But even at Pebble, you can find a, a hill or a cloud or something. I was just cloud, ball, cloud, <laughs> ball, and go. And it was such a cool feeling. I'm like, man, my guy, Gideon, and the boys in the par train, they're, they're really onto something special. So good. This was such a humbling moment because a guy like Damon who's been at the golf channel for years was recommended our podcast. If you haven't listened to episode 211 with Damon hack, break free from swing thoughts. You got to do that right after this episode, because he was recommended our show and he had this tournament, this pro-am tournament at pebble and he listened to our show and he finished second. And I'm not saying that to like pat ourselves in the back. It was more of like, a really grateful feeling, but also a lot of empathy. I can really relate to him. And I'm not trying to compare us to the golf channel, but what we do have in common is we have a lot of great experts on our show. And we talk about a lot of different things week to week. And therefore it's very easy to change up our thoughts and what we're thinking of, what we're focused on and, and go back to that concept of adding too much in adding too much on, not to mention Damon was really honest about how he struggled with expectations from others because of how long he'd been in the game. And I've been very open yes. and honest about my struggles this past year of putting too much pressure on myself, not allowing myself to feel frustration or give myself grace to think that I can perform without swing thoughts. Right. And this was just another example of Damon stripping it all away it's so funny. We didn't know that our takeaways from the year were going to be so in line. That's why I love this. But almost every soundbite we've had so far is about taking things away, not adding them. And so isn't it so relatable when Damon says his his arms bending, his weight needs to be on the inside of his right heel. He's a 15 he handicap, to, yeah. right? And he's just telling you the story. Right? And he needs to keep his his swing shorter. I mean, how many of us do this? Doesn't it sound exhausting to figure out how to swing a club thinking about even those three things, let alone five. And then yeah. one day he goes to pebble and he says, I'm just going to look at that tree and try and hit towards it. And he gets out of his own way and he almost wins the whole damn thing. And he talks about the, and forget the win for a second. He talks about the feeling, the cloud to ball, cloud to ball. Right. So he got in touch with nature too. I mean, the feeling yeah. he describes it's blissful. Yeah. It's shockingly blissful. And the enjoyment level that he had, he was noticing things he didn't notice. And he felt like he told us after 25 years of being in this game, he feels like somehow our show has helped him see the game through an entirely different lens. He feels like he's playing an entirely different game now, which what a cool, yeah, that was one of the coolest what... things that we've heard on this show. And I think that's what I want everybody to experience that listens. So Episode 211 with Damon. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, I thought it was a perfect one to feature Ev, in this in, if, with what we're talking about. We've had so many people reach out to us over the last couple of years saying, man, I never really thought about the mental game. And now that I've been listening to you guys and listening to your guests and thinking about it, I've really made improvements. <laughs> and then so Damon Hack, famous Damon Hack, to come on and say the same thing, you mm -hmm. know, for a guy who's around the game more than anybody and heard all the experts. but. Interviewed about, Tiger Woods 20 times. Yeah. So we were able to connect with him there and he saw a breakthrough, right? He saw that I can play better golf 
when I get my mind right or I get my mind free, you know, I think about the game more as a game. Yeah. Right. So it was, it was a really special episode of Damon. So cool. So really great. great And let me just finish this before we go to your third and final soundbite, just a friendly reminder, use this episode as a reminder that all of these people are saying similar things. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy, but use that as a little extra push, a little validation, a little clarity that it's worth trying. I think that's all we're saying is think about how you've played golf your whole life and think about how your, your handicap has gone up and down, up and down, or maybe it hasn't moved, or maybe it's gone up, but then really think about what's been the constant thread. It's probably been swing thoughts and trying to take your swing to the course and getting player side instead of target side. Maybe this is the one thing we haven't tried. And all of these amazing people are validating it. Give it a shot. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick stop. Keep your seatbelts fast and stay seated. And then we'll get you right back on track and back to the show. I got a question for you. Do you want to stay sharp? Do you want to keep getting out of your way? Do you want to keep your mental game at tip top shape? Well, this was a long awaited ask for many of you, but we're finally doing it. It's called train of thought. Our new email newsletter just launched. And if you want to get one nugget, one insight or thought that we're pondering every week that could keep your game sharp and help your mental game, all you got to do is go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. We're only going to email you once a week, likely going to be Monday morning, start your week off right, never going to spam you. And guess what? You're going to get early access to all of our merchandise drops. We're going to launch it first, email subscribers, and then we'll launch it on social media etc. So go to thepartrain.com, scroll down, you'll see a little spot to put your email in. Just drop that email in and you hop aboard the train of thought newsletter. All right, let's get back to the show. Your third and final soundbite with one of our faves. One of our faves. This will take you a little off course for the, compared to these last couple, but I think you'll see why I picked it. I think I know what direction you're going. Episode 214 with Dr. Bob Winters. This was the first time ever we had a top sports psychologist on the train for a mailbag episode, which means one of your questions called in and we talked about it as a group. And so let's see what Dr. Bob has to say in episode 214. You know, when you find yourself sort of going south, you know, you're leaking oil, so to speak. We have to do something called thought stoppage and then centering. And thought stoppage means that you actually are aware of the situation. You're tired of it. And you finally just sit there and you hold up for a second. You stop and you say, stop. You take the rubber band, you snap it. And then you say, I'm going to dismiss this bad thought. Then you take in a nice deep breath and then you replace it. And then you ask yourself, okay, what is it that I want to do? What is it that I want to do right now? And so just by snapping that rubber band, you're really taking sort of what I call a mental timeout. Now you can snap a rubber band or you can take your hat off and take this mental timeout, you know, much like we used to do when we were little kids. You know, we put our hands together and go timeout, timeout. Okay, that meant we were going to clear this mechanism, so to speak, and we're going to actually reframe. And this is where the recentering comes back. Centering means to focus your attention on what you want. So just those two little mental triggers, you know, taking your hat off or snapping a rubber band. Dr. Bob, he's a treat. And obviously one of the great sports psychologists, you know, psychologists in the game. So I have a, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts, but I'll jump in here, obviously. So what I love about what he's talking about there is as much as we love kind of the mental strip away, be free, less, that's so important there are things you tangible things you have to do <laughs> if you want to ultimately get better at this game, right? Because not thinking about those bad thoughts or I don't not, I don't know what to do with those bad thoughts in my mind. That's not enough. We have to have little tricks and little things that we can do to get centered and get to a place, you know, to ultimately swing free and perform. And that's what I love about this, you know, and it's a great, like, because we've all been there when it's going off the, he said, you know, the question was around when I'm playing good and then I'm losing it. How do I get it back on the back nine? Or how can I overcome this? 
something's going to have to happen. <laughs> Something, something's going to, you have to do something. And I love the example of the rubber band, or he goes on to talk about one of the LPGA players he teaches later in that clip that before she goes and walks in the ball, she, Rachel Hetherington, she hits her, hits her right side with her hand. And that's her move to, that's her cue to go into game the ball, time. into game time. Cause I'm ready to go. It's very important for our listeners and for this show to give, for us to give them and our guests to give them actual things, you know, uh, behaviors, mechanisms, moments of, that you can actually do and implement <laughs> to overcome what you're trying to overcome. Maybe I'm old school, Ev, but I love the, I love that tangible stuff. And it's like little tricks for yourself. You don't even want to tell others, but this show is about spreading well, the good tools. message. But when I was competing, like I, I'm always nervous on the first tee, like you and like everybody else. And I'd always get, I'd get nervous coming down the stretch, but I would shake my hands because somebody told me to do that. I would shake my hands and like, and that would help me. And I'd breathe from my stomach. That would help, you know, stop, shake your hands, breathe from your stomach <laughs> because think, you're nervous. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Like I love the, I don't know, tips, tricks, strategies. Well, what you're saying is it's got to be more than theories. Yes. You need tools in your toolbox so that when things go south or an unexpected turn happens, what do I come back to? Right. Right. Writing on your scorecard, writing trust on your ball, on your glove. Like it's, these things are funny, you know, and everything works different for others, but Dr. Bob, that mental game mailbag, people are calling in because they need help. Mm-hmm. They're searching a little bit. Right. And he, he didn't theorize that. He said, yeah. all right, this is what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. From a, phys- kind of a physical perspective. Yeah. This episode 214 with Dr. Bob Winters, the mailbag. This is a weird example. I don't know why this came to me, but kind of reminds me when I was a kid, Serm, I used to get really, really worked up with homework and projects. And when I had so much on my list, I was a perfectionist. And looking back, it's like, it's a second grade project. Like, come on, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but in the moment, that's everything, right? And I remember my dad used to sit me down and he'd say, okay, you're thinking about the whole of all the things you got to do. What do we need to do first? What's the first thing on our list? And I would breathe and I go, okay, well, I guess I have to create an outline for this. And he goes, okay, what's the first thing to do on your outline, Right. You see the power. I it's not apples to apples. I can just see Larry coaching you through this, by the way, with yeah. his calming voice that he has. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how that started with a question? Questions are really powerful tools. To your point about wanting a tool, a lot of times we get swept up in what we think is. Actually, sorry. We get swept up in the what ifs, not the what is. And or we over dramatize the what is, meaning the previous shot. And we come become a fault finder with all of the mistakes we've made up to that point. Oh yeah. But it's so your da- powerful. Your dad helped you stop. Yes. Just like that you, rubber band. Could, My dad exactly, was the rubber Dr. band. Bob say? You need to stop. Yeah. So catch yourself, have yeah. the awareness to notice that you're going in the wrong direction. You're feeling the stress. You're feeling the nerves go up. You're starting to think about the future. You're starting to worry. You're starting to doubt yourself. You're starting to put yourself down. Okay. Snap the rubber band. Stop. What do I want to do here? See how he asked that? Yeah. See how it immediately removes all of the noise and it goes, okay, well, what am I trying to do here? Okay. Well, all I want to do is I want to hit a baby draw at that tree and hit it to the left center of the fairway. Okay. I can do that. Right. Take and a who- breath and go. Right. And who knows what's going to happen, but you are now back to being centered. And what have we heard from every sports psychologist thinking more clearly in 2022? What have we heard? If you're going to do nothing else, focus on where you want it to go. See that picture and complete it with your swing. Exactly. And sometimes the reason why I featured this, you're just going to need something physical or something (laughs) to actually do to get back there. So, yeah. And so I think this is a great yeah. one. Episode 214 of an example of sometimes you need to stop yourself from an old pattern and refocus. That's really what golf is. That's the best practice that golf does for us because we need it in life too. Yep. Great one. All right. Great three, sir. Yeah, Serm did thanks. episode 172, 209, and 214 with 
Dr. Bob Rotella, Mina Haragai, and Dr. Bob Winters. My third, and one of my favorites, I can listen to this episode over and over. This is a great, if you need one that just puts you at ease for life and golf, episode 215. Sir missed this one, but it's one of my faves, favorite guests is Joseph Wynn, the author of Don't Believe Everything You Think. You were fired up after this one. I was because people don't realize that when you're having a moment like Eric Lang described, you don't really have a lot of thoughts. Same thing with Damon Hack. Not a lot of thoughts. But when you're having a really poor day, think about the spiral of thoughts. So Joseph says thinking is suffering, right? Thoughts come and go, but thinking about your thoughts is suffering. So I'm going to play this from Joseph Wynn, episode 250. Kind of heavy. Here we go. They do it because they love it. So usually when we fight for these types of thoughts, it's because we forget the true reason of why we started it in the first place. We lose sight of why. And if you lose sight of love of the craft, then that's when this negative thinking pattern starts to come in. And we start to say, yeah, but I need to keep thinking, but I need to keep stressing, but I need to keep beating myself up over this. I need to feel guilty after I like miss this shot or whatever it is. And that's what will happen. And we believe that until otherwise, until we suffer enough, essentially. But it doesn't have to be that way. You notice how he said until we suffer enough. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think that the fact that my handicap went up, I had the worst year, right? Or yeah, that exactly. I got my highest score. I'm like down in the dumps. But guess what? Those are the moments that make us question our approach. Those are the moments that make us most receptive to change. And so it's really until we've suffered enough that we're finally ready to take a different approach. And I think this quote, there's so many, it was so hard to pick one from this episode, but I thought this was a great one to end on because anytime in my life that I've gotten away from fulfillment, enjoyment, happiness, it's because I've gotten away from my why. And Dr. Bob Bertella told us, if you think you're going to be the first one to perfect this game, not make mistakes, and then go dominate it, you're going to be really miserable. So until you accept that this is a game of mistakes, and that's the game, and to go recover the best you can and enjoy the challenge of the recovery, and I'm not saying this game's not going to hit you down and be frustrating. Of course, it's the most frustrating game in the world, but that is the purpose of this show. How can we help people find happiness through the most frustrating game in the world? That's the show. And if you can do that, you're going to do it with everything. So Joseph makes a great point here. If you find yourself getting away of holding on to your thoughts of, no, I need to do this. I need to do that. You've gotten away from the why of why you play and why you love it. You get back to that. You ask yourself the question, what am I trying to do here? You snap the rubber band, like Dr. Bob said, and you free yourself of those have tos, those shoulds. You love everything about it and you go play. Yeah, it's great to have. No, I remember you were talking to me after this episode and it kind of really was a big reset for you. Yeah. You know, golf is a game of bad shots. The more classic term is golf is a game of misses, right? As Ben Hogan or whoever would say. And it's funny, you love a little humor. Humor's helped you. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you, I'm not picking on you, said uh, on the course after a bad shot or bad hole, I suck. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> We've all done it, right? Yeah. But if somebody said to you, hey, well, why don't you just try and suck a little less on the next hole? <laughs> you know, because that's really, if golf is a game of bad shots, golf is a game of misses, right? Something kind of sucked in the, most of the day in those shots, but mm-hmm. you suck a little less, right? Your misses are, are a little better. You play better. Right. Yep. But the expectation to just hit so many great shots out there. A lot of times, I mean, it must have been hard. A lot for of times, you. pars and birdies come, like we talked about, with they a bad come. drive, yeah. with a bad second shot. Right. <laughs> what Arnold Palmer say? I want one good shot a hole. I hope it's not my first one. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so let me ask you it, before we close this off, sir, it's, it must have been hard for you in your life to find your why and your enjoyment in a game that probably came easier for you in high school when you were the guy and then you go to a D1 program and it's what you're kind of like, everyone knows you're on the golf team. It's got to be hard when you're struggling to find your why and find that enjoyment and you're on these long road trips and you're grinding through qualifiers and it's, you got homework and you got tests and you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff. We've all 
I mean, how have you rediscovered your love for the game and your why? Well, well, I think I would just say, I mean, did Rotella say this? You have to enjoy the struggle. I don't know. Some, this yeah. was talked about on one of our episodes. So when you are having those bad years or bad rounds or, you know, whether it was in high school or college or it was like, am I still enjoying this? Right. Most people would say, and I'm I could say a lot of times, no, right. not anymore. Right. Like I'm working so hard. I'm not getting results. Right. So that was always a big thing for me. You know, sometimes you need to step away, but like, can I enjoy the struggle and can then, can I get my mind right to ultimately perform? You know, I was able to do that. Like I really struggled my junior year of college and then my senior year, you know, I made a couple of tweaks, saw a new teacher and just started thinking way more simple Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and had some good tournaments. You know? That's what I was just going to say. You know, I just realized that feeling of you struggling, me struggling, I just can't figure it out. Doesn't that feel like we're weighed down by a lot of stuff? And sometimes think about this pattern of you're so sick of suffering. You're so sick of not getting the results that you just let go for a couple rounds. Yeah. And you don't care anymore because you've been caring so much. And look what happens. Yeah. It's you that know, same you, theme. It's you know, like it's, you're stripping it, things away. You know, you got to find a little external guidance helps from somebody or something. Yeah, of course. You know? You, you got to find something, but it's got to be simple, you know? And then, like you said, then you've got to just detach. Yeah. What a year. Great year. Great year, Ev. Episode 215 with Joseph Wynn. We'll put the episode numbers in the show notes if you forget which ones they were. But thank you to all of our guests this year. And thank you to you, sir. What a great year. And yeah, guys, I know you got something from this episode. So if you did, and you haven't given us a review before, give us a little end of the year gift. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a review. I want others to be inspired by your story. We get so many amazing messages. I really want your your stories up there in the reviews so we inspire more people to hop aboard and enjoy this game. We've been doing this a long time. We have. What a year. And no matter how many swing thoughts they got, no matter how much stuff we're adding on top, no matter how much we're control, trying to control the ball and make things happen, what do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Happy New Year. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. This is Evan. Real quick before you hop off the train, I got something for you. It's called The Train of Thought. It's our new email newsletter. Would you like to get one nugget, insight, or thought that we're pondering every week that could help keep you sharp and help your mental game? Go to thepartrain.com and subscribe to the Train of Thought newsletter today. It's really the best way to enjoy the ride. See you guys.